Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, um, we are now... Matt. <laughs> Yeah, we are um, getting into the thick of things, and I, I feel like we've heard some pretty bad news over the last week and a half. I, oh, I yeah. feel like today is going to be the beginning of even more bad news, mm, um, and probably even worse news. I would expect this week to be quite jarring for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, mm. Some of that stuff is what's going to lead off this episode, um, but I do want people to know that it it's probably going to get worse in all facets before it gets better. So oh, yeah. remember hate, that. Hate to think about that, but we also have to be realistic. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that after a week of self-isolating and all that stuff, the social distancing, I think people are starting to think, okay, we've got this. We can do another week. It's going to be, there's some bad stuff coming. And um, in every imaginable way. And we learned about some of it yesterday, which we'll get into here in a second. But um, keep that in mind. Remember the long view of this. Um, This is not a sprint to try to get this, you know, taken care of. We do have to think about the long run. So I want everyone to keep that in mind. It's something that I'm telling myself and uh, talking about with other people that this is going to be something we want to think about for a while, not just in the short term. Uh, But let's get into some of this news, Ashley, and some of the bad things that we've heard are that a number of Broadway stars have either been diagnosed or believe that they have the coronavirus but have not yet been tested. On Monday, we learned that Aaron Tveit, currently leading the company at Moulin Rouge, has officially been diagnosed and tested positive for COVID-19. His cast member, Paloma Garcia Lee, who is in the ensemble, um, also has tested positive. Ashley, you'll remember when this first started and we talked about it here, um, everybody in Moulin Rouge was tested uh, yeah. in an abundance of caution. We And we thought, perhaps because of Danny Burstein, and Rebecca Luker's uh, um, medical condition. It turns out there was reason to believe this. I believe that there are um, other stars in that show that have been tested and, and diagnosed. Um, Assumedly at this point, yeah. Yeah, but has not made that public. Um, one of the people that I'm assuming, and I, he hasn't said this on social media, so I'm I'm just going to leave it as kind of draw your own conclusions. Um Matt Doyle, who is one of the stars of Company, has been diagnosed with coronavirus. His longtime boyfriend, Max Clayton, is in the company of Moulin Rouge Mm. as well. Um, When Matt Doyle posted about it, he said, we are positive here. So I don't know if he was using the royal we or if he was including Max as well. Max has not posted anything on social media to confirm that he has tested positive. But take that for what it's worth. But it is not limited to just members of Moulin Rouge, as the Come From Away star Chad Kimball also is tested positive for COVID-19. He posted this on social media uh, as well. And then in the live stream of the Rosie O'Donnell show on Sunday night, Gavin Creel, who recently returned to the States following his run in the West End production of Waitress, said that while he while he has not been tested, he is, quote, I'm pretty sure I have the virus. I haven't been officially tested, but I was doing Waitress in London and a bunch of our cast has fallen sick from it. One of my castmates did test the same day that I was starting to have symptoms and she's positive and we were together the whole time. 
Uh, he, he went on to assure everybody that it was not Sarah Bareilles uh, who co-starred in that production. Hmm. But uh, it does seem like there are a lot of people in the theatrical community that oh, yeah. um, are being diagnosed with this. And despite the fact that all of these people that I mentioned are young and in shape and healthy, actually we're seeing more and more that that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, right. it certainly helps. Yeah. It certainly helps. But there have been a number of healthy um, young people who have succumbed to this disease and this virus. Right. Um, so it's, this is scary. And, you know, we knew that the virus was going to have a profound impact on the economics of the theater community and all of the arts community. But when we start talking about the people in the community being diagnosed with the illness, that makes it doubly terrifying for a lot of folks. Oh, so certainly. Sending our best to Aaron, Paloma, Matt, Max, Chad, Gavin, and anybody else who either has been diagnosed or can't get a test uh, but thinks they have it. Because this is certainly uh, terrifying stuff. Very much so. I mean, and doubly so because it's such a tight-knit community that you have, you know, X amount of people on each show in the cast and then X amount of people who work on the show. So we don't know how widespread this is yet. And perhaps never will, because there probably will never be enough tests to get everybody tested. Sure, uh, no. So we have a real uh, a real idea as to the numbers. One thing I can say, I can't say it for sure, but I would bet money that Matt Doyle's company castmate, Patty Lapone, is not feeling ill at all, at least not yet, because she is <laughs> posting some of the greatest Thank videos goodness. in the history of Twitter.com. Uh, she apparently she did her segment on the Rosie show from her basement. Then people wanted to yes. see more of her basement. So she posted a video of her basement on Sunday night. Then she posted another one on um, Monday night as well. And let me tell you, Ashley, mm. Patty Lapone is not afraid to drop some profanity. On <laughs> well, we already knew that. No. Like literally every other interview she's ever been in. No, but she is. Hopped up She's on, on Mountain She's, Dew or something yeah, um, because she that. is very, very excited to be showing her uh, her basement around. In the one she posted on Monday night, she's dancing, then she's playing pinball. Yeah. Um, it is quite something. I'm sure she's just at this point, you know, it's on video, but delighted to be talking to people on the outside world. Yeah, and I don't know who is filming it. I don't know if it's her husband or her son, but uh, there's somebody she's kind of talking to behind the camera. But it's it's a ton of fun yeah. if you haven't seen it. Too good. What we need right now. What I watched immediately before recording and felt yes. instantly better about the world. Yeah. Well, on the other side, let's get Shut to... Up. Sorry. <laughs> Let me have one minute. <laughs> uh, but let's move into some news on the theatrical business side of this pandemic, Ashley. In a story originally reported by Onstage Blog... A number of small theater companies and schools around the country are demanding action be taken against Brown Paper Tickets, a ticketing platform widely used by small companies around the country. Apparently, in some cases, customers have not received the ticket monies that BPT collected, and in other cases, after receiving checks, BPT actually asked their clients not to deposit and cash the checks. In a statement, Brown Paper Tickets said, quote, we are working to assist everyone as quickly as possible during these unprecedented and difficult times. All of our organizers will be paid for their successfully completed events, although payments will be delayed as we work through our backlog of cancellations and refunds. We are truly sorry for the difficulty this causes and are working to make things right. Now, however, apparently 
some people did cash the checks before they were told not to, and those checks bounced. And organizations have not been paid for shows that ended their runs long before the pandemic began including as early as mid-February. Now, Ashley, as a freelancer yourself, you know all too well about companies Mm. not paying you on time. And as devastating as this is to freelancers, it is just as much so to these theaters who've already paid bills based on that income. They They need that money to make other programs work, whatever that is. And in some cases, some of them are nonprofits that cater to to communities that might need to have some sort of outreach done during these very difficult times. So this is not a good look. I mean, the fact that these monies were collected and now brown paper tickets can't pay them makes you wonder what kind of shell game Ponzi scheme type thing they're, they're, they're operating. Um, And I don't Mm. know if this is normal or not, but it certainly is not good. And certainly there is probably going to be a lawsuit or a hundred coming up brown paper tickets way that's inevitable as you said i mean freelancers are depending on this money people are depending on this money artists are depending on this money so uh they can certainly expect something coming their way if not many some things yeah and this is an organization that if you see a lot of theater um Outside of New York City and even in New York City, there's a lot of companies that use it there. Oh, yeah. Um, This is a a ticketing platform that is used very, very widely. And this would be a huge hit for a lot of organizations. But let's talk about some other news. There was a ton of cancellations that we learned about on Monday. First and probably the biggest... The American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, moved to postpone the remainder of their 2019-2020 season following um, discussions around the CDC guidelines to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Chief amongst the remaining shows in their schedule was the Broadway-bound production of 1776 that was supposed to begin performances on May 17th. This will be moved to the 2020-2021 season. Now, actually, we do not know what that means. This was supposed to go on a tour of sorts to play other venues before coming to Broadway in the summer of 2021. We do not know if this means that perhaps 1776 is going to happen in the fall in Cambridge, and then maybe it was supposed to go to mm, L.A., yeah. and then maybe come to Broadway as scheduled in the summer of 2021. Or, which they, was what or they lose one of those runs. They lose an L.A. run, for instance. Right. Yeah, it was supposed to – we knew that it was supposed to be in Cambridge and in Los Angeles, but then it was supposed to be, I believe, in at least one or two other places before hitting roundabout yeah, in the so. summer of 2021. Um, so maybe they lose one of those. Maybe the roundabout run gets pushed back. But this is certainly something that I was looking very much looking forward to hearing the casting about because I've heard uh-huh. so many rumors about what they were going to do with this. Uh, Diane Paulus is directing. Right. Uh, but I guess right. we're going to have to wait a little longer to hear about that. <sighs> <laughs> just it just makes me sigh just deep yeah. uh, deep heavy sigh of all these shows that i was anticipating yeah well another thing that we knew more than likely was going to get canceled was officially canceled on monday as broadway cares equity fights aids announced that the 2020 easter bonnet competition had been canceled it originally been scheduled for april 20th and 21st at the minskoff however we certainly recommend continuing to donate to Broadway Cares and the Actors Fund during this time as they provide emergency assistance to performers and artists of all stripes alike. And finally, in this section, Ashley, Ars Nova has moved to cancel the remainder of the 2019-2020 season. However, they are guaranteeing that over 150 staff members will be paid 
through June 30th Good for them. if things do not continue. I'm certainly hoping that by the time July rolls around, things will at least get back to semi-normal and they can start having events there. But to guarantee that their staff will be paid because uh, they've canceled for most of Huge. March already. So March, yeah. April, May, and June for four months um, is fantastic. And this is the right thing to do. I know this probably drains a lot of reserves that Ars Nova has, uh, but they are yeah. leading the way in terms of how you're supposed to handle these things. And I hope that other theater companies that maybe haven't publicized it, right, but I hope right. other theater companies who do have these endowments are not behaving like Harvard is and firing everybody with no assistance, yeah, even though they have a shit ton of money in the Absolutely bananas that. All right, Ashley, I normally just have the feel-good recommendations at the end of the show, but we have multiple feel-good sections at the end of today's show. Thank the goodness. first is going to be the feel-good news section, because I've mentioned the Rosie O'Donnell show's live stream from Sunday night a couple times already. Mm-hmm. But I did want to mention that during... <laughs> I did want to mention that during the show, they raised over 600 thousand dollars for the actors funds COVID 19 uh crisis reaction center and that includes one hundred thousand dollars from rosie o'donnell herself yes yes. when brian stokes mitchell uh, was the guest um she announced that of course stokes is Mm -hmm. the president or chairman or something of the actors fund and uh rosie told him directly that she was going to contribute a hundred thousand dollars and at that point Um, because that's where i had stopped watching it yesterday before right that was right before we started right before we started recording brian stokes mitchell is the guest and at that point they were i think the actual donations were at forty thousand and then she chipped in a hundred thousand so they were only at like around 140,000 at that point Stokes Stokes actually said that Rosie's donation got them up to 300 he had gotten some updated uh, okay. numbers that the broadcast Still hadn't had yet. another 300,000 uh, yes it's really remarkable and look I know that there's a lot of mixed opinions about Rosie O'Donnell in the world sure. out there but but she has been nothing but an angel for the Broadway community for Absolutely. decades. I can't tell you how much it meant to me as a kid in Ohio to be able to watch the Rosie O'Donnell show and to see Broadway performances. Um, dating back to then, she's been a remarkable force for spreading the, the power of theater. And um, this is just another explanation as to why she deserved that Isabella Stevenson Tony Award, because oh, she is yeah. a remarkable force for the theater community. And I am... Uh, very moved by what she did uh not only personally personally but uh organizationally to make this happen on sunday night mm-hmm. yeah i was even talking about that uh earlier on monday with somebody that no matter what your opinion of Rosie is, the fact alone that she you know she had a talk show that was essentially just for theater people yes. like that is incredible yeah. to have that platform in itself yeah. Well, it, uh, beyond the, the wonderful things that they did to raise money, there was also some fantastic highlights and performances um, that happened on the live stream. We will have a link to 10 highlights that are wonderful from Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, Kelly O'Hara singing a song uh, that most people probably don't know. But Ashley, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Did you see Kelly O'Hara? I didn't O'Hara's... see Kelly O'Hara, no. She's saying, take me to the world. Do you know oh. that song? I love that song from Evening Primrose. Correct. That is from the TV musical that Stephen Sondheim wrote, Evening Primrose. A beautiful um, song. One of my favorite songs yeah. by Sondheim. Yeah, she and she just 
destroyed it. Like uh, she went for it. This was not wait. a hey, I'm sitting in my living room kind of performance. She was sitting in her living room or her den or her Ugh. office or whatever. Shame uh, but she, she went all out. Uh, so we've got Lynn, Kelly O'Hara, Adina Menzel, of course, the aforementioned Patty Lapone, um, Titus Burgess sang as well. He was fantastic. Ben Platt, uh, Laura Benanti, Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker. And apparently, I haven't seen this, but apparently Alan Menken confirmed some things that I had actually heard, that mm. they are developing the Hercules musical into a licensable yep, property. Yep, yep. Not necessarily for the Broadway, although I think it'll be there eventually, um, yeah, but they great. are making it available for licensing. So they're continuing to flesh that out into a two-act show. Yeah, we and had, from there. James and I had talked about that a bit a couple weeks ago, and it was essentially, yeah, I thought es- so. essentially they were saying, they weren't they had no intention on bringing it to broadway because there were so many theaters across the country that were expressing interest in it so i don't know if they're intending on making a touring two-act show or just putting it in theaters somewhere but very cool i think it's going to be licensable like they're going to yeah theaters are going to be able to do it themselves although i'm going to tell you right now i would be shocked if it doesn't end up on broadway Uh, in the next five to ten years fingers crossed okay let's get through the rest of this because i spent a little bit more time on rosie than i intended to so (laughs) a a handful of some of the greatest downtown theater artists in New York, Taylor Mack, Rachel Chabkin, Andre DeShields, Lisa Crone, Lynn Nottage, Lucas Hanath, Clint Ramos, and over 50 others have banded together to launch the, the Trickle Up, which is a subscription video service with the monies specifically going to help artists that are hurt from the COVID-19 shutdown. This is a grassroots subscription video platform that enlists New York artists in helping other New York artists living below the poverty line who are suffering from lost income by sharing work on the platform. Uh, Taylor Mack has already recorded several segments, including a reading of <laughs> of Gary is equal to Titus mm-hmm. Andronicus, <laughs> which I really liked that show a lot more I than other people Gary. did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really want to kind of see Taylor do this. Um, look, this is, it should not be incumbent on theater artists to take care of other theater artists. It should be yep. something that our society and our government does. Yeah. But it will not ever stop moving me when people do things like mm-hmm. this. And this is something that they've put together in a week, two weeks, uh, just absolutely floors me and moves me uh, beyond belief and how wonderful and how giving and how generous and how compassionate the hearts of theater artists are um one more um exciting piece of news um nothing related to COVID 19 but anais mitchell the tony winning creator of hadestown and her husband noah han announced that they have uh welcomed the birth of their second child rosetta um, so uh, Chavkin posted it on uh, her Instagram. So congratulations on that. All right. Now I have the recommendation section here. The Maltz Jupiter Theater down here in Florida actually had to cancel their production of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. However, before doing that, they were able to get it professionally recorded and they will be streaming it on their website. Oh, um, very you can, cool. I'll, I'll have a link there. You can... Um, uh, check it out. It'll be by purchasing a ticket um, at jupitertheater.org. Then I have this video um, uh, from Jordan Grubb, who is a, a Broadway performer. He enlisted a number of his Broadway friends, including Josh Lehman, Ben Fankhauser, and more, to lip sync to One Day More from Les Miserables wherever they are in their homes or whatever. And they put it together into a video, and it is 
fantastic. <laughs> um, jo- Josh Lehman as uh, as Tenardier is oh, wonderful. Beautiful, love it's that. So good, and they're lip syncing. I I don't know which. I, I I couldn't pick out which cast album it was because it didn't sound like Colm Wilkinson to me mm. doing the Valjean part. I could be wrong. So if somebody knows, maybe it's the Australian or maybe it's Colm and I just didn't recognize it. But uh, it's that's a wonderful video. And then finally, the last video that I have for you is something that apparently got bumped from the Rosie O'Donnell show. Oh. Stephanie J. Block and her husband, Sebastian Arcellus, were on, but they weren't asked to sing. I guess that's kind of like when Johnny Carson wouldn't ask a comic back to the, uh, <laughs> to the chairs to talk. But they wanted to sing it anyway, so they performed a duet of David Friedman's Help is on the Way. Um, I don't think anybody listening to this will be shocked by me saying that uh, that Stephanie J. Block is uh, a an absolute wonder and a marvel. Correct. But because... Because he's been gone doing the TV thing and making the big CBS bucks for a while, don't sleep on Sebastian Arcellus. Yeah. Sebastian Arcellus is a amazing musical theater performer, and I hope now that Madam Secretary is done, that um, he'll we'll be able to get him he's back in that on show. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was on the show the whole time. I know <laughs> um, he was one of the the series regulars. Um, but now that that show's over, hopefully when theater comes back, we will get him on a musical theater stage because his voice in this reminds you just how incredible he is. That'd be amazing. Put the two of them together in a show. Get them all Tony Seriously. Awards. I know. So, so good. Uh, I love Sebastian and Stephanie. Um, Stephanie was like my third Tell Me More guest. Second or third oh, Tell wow. Me More guest, I think. I can't remember. Second, or th- It was uh, 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 Al Silber was first, and then I think Matt Doyle was second, oh, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, and then I think Stephanie J. Block was third. Um, so anyway, that is all we have for today. I'm sorry we went a little long for the second day in a row, but uh, I'm very glad to say that we went long because we had a lot of good stuff to talk about for the first time. Yeah, it seems thankfully. like a long time. <laughs> so much yeah, so. But thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right. Don't forget, you can head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio if you would like to uh, contribute something to keeping Broadway Radio running. Um, Ashley, I know that you are working on some very exciting interviews that yeah. will debut first on Patreon, um, and we'll be doing some more stuff uh, as we go. Uh, like I said, I think this is going to get worse before it gets better, and I would expect it to continue to get worse this week. Um, so take that for what it's worth <laughs> with a little a Miss Cleo. Omen. We love a good bad omen from Miss Cleo. Um, I'm just saying, Miss Cleo is seeing some stuff coming in her crystal ball. So mm-hmm. either way, take care of yourself, be kind to each other. And uh, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.